0: lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT In the Ring, your Rainbow Bastion for All Things Pro Wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here once again, day ten of self quarantine, um, here in my oddly I don't know, decorated office, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um it's been a week, obviously, for all of us, I think. And I don't even really know what to say after that because like all of our experiences are so different but yet so much the same. Um yeah, last week's show with uh with Patch's Chance from uh Daily DDT and and Daniel Trainer was a great like overlook at the situation playing out with for independent pro wrestling and with Wrestle Media and everything, but um and of course I had another piece go up, um, today as I'm recording here on Wednesday, um, about how that is affecting LGBTQ independent pro wrestling as well as independent pro wrestling as a whole over on Outsports and I don't know like there's there's so much to talk about but also so much to kind of step back and and look at and just kind of wait and see. Because, like, there aren't really shows running. You know, I know that WWE is in the process of recording WrestleMania as I'm talking right now over in Orlando, but I don't know. It just feels like that is something that has a place in time to be discussed, and that time isn't really now. I think a lot of people are, you know, definitely turning their gazes inward, um, especially when they really have the time to do so, considering that we're all stuck at home for the most part. So, I don't know, I thought for for this week's show, instead of having a, a guest on, or just going into a deep dive on how the coronavirus and COVID-19 are like, further affecting the independent pro wrestling scene... Well, the pro wrestling scene as a whole, let's be real. I mean, we have shows running tonight where, you know, NXT and AEW Dynamite are both going to be uh, empty arena shows again. And there some some pros and some definite cons to having those sort of events. And I think that as we move further into this crisis, I think those might actually go by the wayside at some point. I mean, more and more cities and states are issuing stay-at-home orders. I'm under a stay-at-home order right now. Um, You know, if I wasn't already self-quarantining because of... um, I guess I'm going to peel back the window here a little bit. Uh, I am technically considered high-risk because I have uh, asthma. Fairly bad. (laughs) Um, So... Like, I, that's the reason why I've been self-quarantining um, for a while now, but I wouldn't have the choice now um, because uh, Governor Brown here in Oregon issued that declaration earlier this week, um, like so many other states have, and I think more and more states are going to move to that. More municipalities are going to move to that. We saw earlier today, actually, on Wednesday, Tampa and Hillsborough County the similar orders. Um, Interestingly enough, considering all the situations that we talked about last week and the situations that played out between Tampa, Hillsborough County, and WWE as it regards WrestleMania and WrestleMania weekend as a whole. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm losing my point here because I'm going back into the the stuff that can be frustrating and, and, and saddening. No, I, I kind of wanted to have a little bit of fun this week um, and take a step back from pro wrestling as a whole. Um, because one of the things that we've been doing at Outsports, um, and credit, all credit goes to, um, managing editor Don Ennis, um, with this idea, we've been, some of us have been putting together these, uh, articles basically with facts about ourselves. Um, interesting tidbits that... Um, kind of shed some light on the people that we are outside of just the words that we write or the topics that we cover here at Outsports and you know mine went up earlier this week I thought that it was a little bit out there (laughs) Uh, but that's just the person that I am in a lot of ways Um, so I figured it'd be fun to kind of revisit that list and maybe give a little bit more context a little bit more information than what could be contained in in an article that, you know, needed a bit of brevity to it, but enough to explain some fun things. So, I have my article here, 13 interesting facts about contributing writer Brian Bell. Um, And like, in it, you know, I detail like yes, I have my sports allegiances. They hardly lined up with my Georgia um, birthplace. You know, I probably the oddest one would probably be the Expos thing. But if you listen to Three Strikes You're Out with um, Ken Schultz here on the Outsports Podcast Network, then you would know a lot about that already. But if you didn't, I grew up a Montreal Expos fan deep in the heart of Braves country, um, which is always fun. Let me tell you. Um, but yeah, they're, outside of the sports stuff, though, like I'm a, I am think that some of the more interesting things on my list here, and I realize this sounds so vain, and I'm sorry, but I just thought it would be fun. The one I've gotten the most response about was the, the, the Hallmark Channel-style Christmas movie that I co-wrote with a few of my writer friends back in Atlanta. Um... Yes, that is true, for the people that have reached out about it. Um, the movie was, in the in the article I say the movie was originally uh, titled South for the Winter. That's sort of true. Whenever we turned in the script, it was actually, if I remember correctly, it was just called Duck Days, which plays into the movie in, in an odd way, um... But um, it was retitled to uh, South for the Winter and then again retitled to Head of South for Christmas. Um, And for those that have asked, yes, you can watch it. It is available on Amazon Prime Video. (laughs) I don't see any money from that, but I don't care. It's not the kind of movie that I would expect to see money from, mainly because it's a Hallmark-style Christmas movie that Hallmark did not even want to touch. Um, and that's probably because of just how weird it is. Like, there's a certain specific type of humor that me and my writer friends, uh, back in Atlanta have, I would say. And they're all different degrees, but it all comes back to this sort of, just playing off the oddities of the South in a lot of ways, especially the rural South where I grew up. Um, one of the running jokes in the film is that, you know, everything is two things. Like, there's a there's a character called the tax werewolf who basically does their does your taxes but also dresses up as a werewolf and is their own mascot um there's a there's a combination taxidermy shop and a restaurant called uh steak and stuff um that <laughs> it's just, uh, i don't know there's just a whole bunch of weird stuff in there um personal favorite of mine is probably the 10-year-old kid that we have like quoting like 18th century literature and philosophy and stuff but yet still believes that Santa is real. So, I don't know. It's it's an odd bird, but it's one that I really like and I honestly didn't know that it was available on streaming until this past December and th- we wrote this movie like eight was it eight like eight 9 years ago at this point. Jesus Christ, I'm dating myself. Um, I'm not even dating myself, I just feel older, even though I'm nowhere near old. Especially at heart. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's a fun Christmas movie. I enjoy watching it. I watched it back when I found out it was on streaming, and, yeah, it holds up in my mind. And, you know, even if it's something you just want to make fun of, go for it. It's, it's fun. Um, another one that got a lot of play with people was... Um, this <laughs> this costume that my mom made for me in uh, one Halloween when I was a kid. Um, yeah, she handmade a a costume of uh, Mortal Kombat's reptile for me as a child. Um, oddly enough, she also made one for uh, a, a costume of scorpion for Mortal Kombat for my brother that year. I distinctly remember. And we both went to our school's fall festival with these ultra-violent <laughs> video game characters. Um, and the reason—if this is, this gives you any idea of the kind of like a- a- atmosphere that we were walking into wearing these costumes—they uh, renamed the uh, the fall. They named this, the the event the fall festival because they thought that calling it. Anything in association with Halloween would be too scary or possibly demonic. If that makes sense. Which is interesting because like, down the line, like my mom stopped letting us celebrate Halloween for a couple of years because she thought it was too demonic in some ways. There's been some odd times in my life, but no, like I thought that like I won. I was super appreciative of it. I wore that costume like fucking with pride, and um. For the longest time, Reptile was my favorite character in Mortal Kombat. Um, so much so, another interesting factoid connected to Mortal Kombat that I didn't include in there. When I was a kid, I liked the uh, the, the palette swap. N- <clears throat> the, excuse me. Oof. I liked the palette swap ninjas so much that um, I actually created one of my own called uh, Rainbow, um, because foreshadowing for my own life which basically just had every color of the rainbow on his costume. And uh, his fatality was he poured explosive Skittles down your throat. I drew this, <laughs> and I sent it to Midway. I am pretty sure it never saw the light of day. It never made it to Ed Boone's or uh, Mark Tobias's desk. And, um yeah, I don't know. It was just that's just the kind of kid i was you know i i i did that all that stuff i think it plays into the reason why that i pl- messed around so much with um creator wrestler modes in video games and um like created these like odd long running promotions within video games for myself cuz i don't Showed these to anybody, really. I do have a Twitch channel that I run Fire Pro streams on from every once in a while, which I think I might make that a more regular thing now that I'm at home. But um, but now like I don't know. It's just there's just this creative bug that's been within me, and and I explored it in a lot of different ways. Like I made a lot of board games growing up. I even tried to make a wrestling version of Monopoly when I was a kid. Um, that. Ended up not coming to fruition, <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, it was just looking like writing the piece like was very interesting to give me a chance to look back on a lot of stuff and, and look at where I'm at now. And um, I don't know, it just made me thankful for the experiences that I had and how they've shaped me into the person that I am. Um, especially when it came to like sort my sort of like coming out as bisexual. Like I in the piece like I talk about you know, I touch on it shortly, where um, you know, my mom lovingly called me out on Lycan Dudes, um, one night. That was a shorter version of a of a longer story where basically my first drag experience, like my first experience going to a drag show in Baldasta, Georgia, um turned into, like, uh, me and my friends going back to... Me and my straight friends, mind you. Um, going back to the, the, um, one of the drag queen's houses, um, because one of them happened to be friends with the the queen, and we ended up just drinking more, and I ended up getting locked out of the house, and for some reason that just gave me enough time to let depression creep into my brain, (laughs) and I sat in my friend's uh, van all night, just feeling sorry for myself. Um, partially because I got locked out and all my friends didn't realize that I got locked out. Um, but also because I don't know, like the, I didn't recognize it at the time, I guess. But there was definitely some underlying things there that needed addressing. And then I don't know what what possessed my mom to say this. I guess because I had been to a drag show, but you know she loved out of the kindness of her heart, drove 45 minutes down there to pick me up that morning. Um, and, you know, we had, that, we had that conversation on the way back, and, and it was perfectly fine. I didn't necessarily come out then, but it made me know that it was a good place for me to come out whenever I needed to. Um, and, of course, you know, I, I knew that it would be because you know my family had already had that experience with my dad cuz my dad is gay um he he came out to like me and my siblings when i was like 13 but you know it didn't surprise me if that makes any sense i don't know like maybe that's not the right way to i mean it didn't surprise me but also it didn't really it didn't have too much of a, an effect on me, if that makes more sense. Like, it was just a quick thing. Like, okay, cool, you're gay. Like, that's fine. Like, you're still my dad. You know, we had other issues <laughs> at that point. Um, But, no, it, and the fact that he was able to do that and, you know, my mom... Obviously, my mom knew before we did. and And, you know, it just... It made it where, like, I could recognize seeing his experience and seeing how, like, supportive parts of the family were, and how other parts of the family just tolerated it. But nobody was this outright, like, you know, horror story, disowning shit, outwardly shitty to anybody. And and knowing that that was how my family reacted to him really made me feel comfortable whenever I wanted to be open about who I was you know whether it was never coming out as bisexual or come like having the conversation with my the odd conversation with my mom about like non-monogamy <laughs> and polyamory and stuff so which that's a fun one to have with your mom but yeah like, it just knew it made me know that I wasn't going to be left by myself and it made that experience comfortable and i know that is not the same experience that everyone has um so i was very thankful for that and i thought you know i know other people that have put up stories have kind of talked about some of their experiences with coming out in, in there and i wanted to touch on mine a little bit there um because mine, it, I don't know, it just wasn't like this moment where like I just put my foot down. It was more just gradual. Like people just like was just gradually more open about stuff. And um, I couldn't have done that without having a family that was loving and understanding. And I am appreciative of that to this day. It's the main reason why the first picture you see whenever you pull up the article on Outsports is a picture of me and my mom. Because you know, she was my rock for a long time. Still is. Um and Lover to Death. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's see if I can find one more here that's not as heavy to end on since we're just doing a short little thing here just to kinda have some fun. Okay, here's the thing. Here's here's one. Um I watch a lot of weird sports. I've always been known as the weird sports person in my um friend group for the most part. Um I watch cricket i watch aussie rules football i watch um hell i watched the um professional tag league for a little while um which you want to see some agile dudes like go check out world tag league um well not world tag league because that's a wrestling thing there's a um oh god i can't remember the name of the organization now it's basically tag like it's parkour. It's competitive parkour in a lot of ways, but it's tag, and it's really fun to watch. But probably the one that I've been getting the most into, I, and it's funny because I've been watching them. For, I've been watching this channel for a couple of years now, but to finally see them get a lot of um, publicity is Gels Marble runs and the uh, the Marble League, the Marbula One. It's basically marble racing for the most part, and. I don't know. It's entrancing. I absolutely adore it. I am glad that Jal is getting the, popular, the the publicity that he deserves for the craft that he puts out there. And, you know, we're coming up on the end of the Marvel 1 season, and I have been thoroughly enjoying it, especially with uh, the lack of sports on television right now. So, I don't know. I've, I've just really enjoyed watching all of... The different videos and the creativity and the the patience and and um, detail that goes into all of these like courses and designs and, and and all of Jill's work in it and it's really awesome to watch. Um, even when regular sports are running, I would still appointment television for me, or I guess appointment YouTube for me. Um, so like I I look forward to seeing more. From Gel, and I suggest anybody who out there is listening and is feeling that withdrawal, check out Gel's Marble Runs on YouTube. Um, just search for like Marble the One Marble League, or Gel J E L E, and and I I think it's really interesting and really engrossing, um, and I think all y'all find it the same way. Ah. Uh. I don't know. It just feel it feels so weird to like take 20 minutes and talk talk about myself. It's so odd. Especially considering the nature of the show, but I don't know. I feel a little bit better. A little bit better. I did post pose this to the LGBT in the Ring audience, though, um, wrestlers, fans, promoters, whoever out there is listening to the show. If you have any interesting facts about yourself, please feel free to uh, hit up the LGBT in the Ring uh, Twitter account uh, DMs. Just uh, that's at LGBT Ring Pod. Just hit up the DMs with interesting facts about yourself. Things that you know, a little off the wall. Things that people might not necessarily know about you. Um, you can also send those to the our email here uh, lgbtringpod at gmail.com um, I'd love to know more about the audience that's out there listening to this and, and about the, the people that we have on the show, you know, we go and we have long deep conversations with people that come on the show about their experiences and we don't always get to know everything about about them and I want to know I think we all want to know more um, about the people that we that we love and cherish, and the people that we um, enjoy watching, um, and that I extend that to uh, the fans as well. You know, they're just just as much a part of this as anybody else. So, if you have any, if you if you feel if you feel like it, you can hit up the DMs there, <laughs> and um, and just let us know. Maybe we can go through some of those as we keep going forward into the show. Um, because we are going to keep going through this. Um, I, I'm very adamant about not taking weeks off for this show, especially. and Because um, I need something to do. <laughs> but No, I, I say that in jest, really. Because like there's always something to do. And I just want to keep highlighting voices within this community. And um, especially now, whenever really no one's able to get in the ring. Or like be out there in front of people. To make their voices heard. Like this platform... It's not the most important one, but it has some importance, and and I want to keep that going. So That's what we're going to do, starting next week. Next week, I am not going to sit here and talk about my SmackDown vs. Raw 2006 promotion for 20 minutes. Jesus Christ. But before we go, I do have to say some big thank yous to some people that make this show possible. Uh, the Progress Pride Flag Design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. Then, of course, a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for our theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand. band. And you can check out their music on Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. You can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. Um, and if you're into video games, I co-host a video game news podcast um, every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over on twitch.tv slash Entertainment. That's sun like the star, not like the child. Um, that show is called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I believe my cat, Max, is making a cameo now. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. Um... But yeah, it's, it's always fun. I host that with a couple of t- Twitch streamers that I'm really close friends with. and uh, I don't know, it's always a fun time. It's a good two hours to just kind of unload a lot of opinions and, and just have a lot of fun talking about the video game industry as well. Um, yeah. Oh, and don't forget to come back tomorrow here on the Odd Podcast Network for another episode of... Ken Schultz's three strikes you're out and uh, this week Ken Schultz joins up with Kevin and Adam from the away games podcast to look back at the night the Cubs won the pennant somehow they figure out more to say than just 50 consecutive minutes of that was awesome we know that all too well in the wrestling business don't we but I think with all that being said we'll close out things for this week Um, but come back next week we'll have another episode for you as many many weeks as I can going forward here. Um, But until then, y'all stay messy. Um, Wash your hands. And we'll see you next week. Bye! The she made a deal with the demon so a lover commits live, but the moon is high, and the devil is child, and the is the formula six six six. six.